Right, well this is the seminar which is called An Introduction to the Prophetic. So if you thought you were in a different seminar, you can run now. Well, you're staying, so that's good, you're in the right place. Excellent, so uh, I'm Graham, I'm married to Sarah who's at the back there, and um, we live a team here at uh, Jubilee Church here in Derby. Uh, welcome, come on in. And uh, this session we're going to look at the subject and introduction to the prophetic and uh, my friends Paul and Natalie here are going to help us with that a little bit later. They lead one of our small groups in Jubilee and also lead one of our prophetic training tracks in the church and um, I think you guys will be up in a little while. So there's obviously lots we could say about this subject so for the sake of time we'll get straight into it. And um, I want us to give a, a biblical overview to it first, and then we'll get practical, okay? So that, that's the plan. So I'm going to lay some foundations, uh, look at scripture together, and uh, then we're going get, to get practical and actually uh, hear from God. Does that sound good? Yeah. Excellent. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to start with, please. We're going to dive straight into some scripture. One Corinthians twelve, verse four. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. And then uh, flip over the page uh, to, uh, to 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Prophecy. And in verse 26, What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak. And the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who's sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. So, Paul makes it really clear that the Holy Spirit gives lots of different kinds of gifts to his church. They're gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, and he distributes them just as he sees fit. The different people 
uh, in the church community. And prophecy is one of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift. Uh, So it's not something you earn, it's not a reward for good behaviour or great Bible reading this week. No, actually it's a gift. It's a gift of the Spirit, something that God gives by his Holy Spirit. And it's given by the Holy Spirit for the common good. Did you notice that in what what we read there? It's given for the common good. This means that it's a gift that is to build up and to encourage one another. Now, how many of you know that encouragement is vital to our lives? Anyone like to be encouraged? We all like that, don't we? Love to be encouraged. It is vital to us, perhaps more than we realise. Actually, encouragement is a great introduction to the prophetic. Sean Boltz, American prophetic guy, says this. He says, people who grow in the prophetic the quickest are the people who are already naturally encouraging everyone around them. So if you're going to grow in the prophetic... Be an encourager, is what he's saying. And one of, the, one of the most highly gifted prophetic people I know, she's also one of the most encouraging people I know. And I think actually the two things go together, don't they? Now, it's important that we don't think, and I don't want to give the impression that prophecy is somehow more important than the rest of the gifts. Actually, all the gifts are given by God. The church needs all the gifts that the Holy Spirit uh, brings. But right now we're talking about prophecy. So that's one we're going to focus on, certainly, uh, in this seminar. So, to be clear, the gift of prophecy is not just for Sunday mornings. So we're not just talking about a two-hour slot from 10 till 12 or whenever you happen to meet on a Sunday here. We're talking about a gift that the Holy Spirit gifts, gives for all of life. <coughs> And you can use this gift in any situation, at any time, on any day. Now for a moment, let's just think about our church gatherings, because that's what we've read about uh, in the the passage that we've looked at in 1 Corinthians. Paul lists some things that should happen when we meet together. And if we're not careful, we can get into the realm of thinking that actually the purpose of meeting is that these things might happen. And it's like we get go through a checklist, like, okay, how was worship today? Did we have a, uh, a tongue? Anybody? Yeah, we had a tongue. Very good. And interpretation? No, oh, that's a double tick there. Prophetic word? Yeah, we had a prophetic word. And you're like going through, sort of playing Holy Spirit, you know, bingo or something. Actually, it's not about have we had all the contributions or gifts? Have we had this or have we had that? It's not about, oh, we need those things. Actually, they are a vehicle in and of themselves to help us encounter the Lord so they're, they're a tool if you like that the Holy Spirit gives I used to think that the aim of a, a good meeting was one that had lots of contributions lots of spiritual gifts now actually a good meeting is when we meet with the Lord yeah. now they're, they help us to do that don't get me wrong but they're not the end in themselves so they're a vehicle to help us rather than be the destination We worship God because he's worthy. As we worship, we encounter him and he changes us. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And in the meeting context particularly, we need to submit to one another, don't we? I think I mentioned that this morning. In a conference this sort of size, there's a whole bunch of people that have probably got uh, lots that they could bring to a meeting. 
But if everybody brought something like that, we'd, we'd be here till Christmas. It's not that we don't want to hear that, we do, but we've got to sort of manage the, a meeting situation as well. And leading a meeting like that is not always an easy task. And sometimes on a Sunday, I don't know what your church is like, but sometimes on a Sunday, you know, it's a whole like a queue of people waiting to share stuff and thinking, now we're never going to get through this by lunchtime, you know. But, you know, I'd rather it that way around than not have anybody going, I've got something that the Holy Spirit's giving. So you have to manage it and, and work with it. The key is not to be offended if you don't get to bring your thing. You know, I can think of a meeting I was at a little while ago, big meeting, several hundred people there. I, I was sitting towards the back. I felt that God had given me something for the meeting. So I thought, okay, well, I sort of know the guy leading it. I, so I walk up the front. That took a while. And I share it with the guy leading the meeting. And I'm like, oh, that's great, Graham. Thanks for that. But I don't, don't think it's for now. So I'm like, okay. So I think Andy we referred to the walker, isn't it? Walking back to my seat. You know, everybody looking at you. I'm thinking, oh no, did I get it wrong? I don't think I got it wrong. Actually, did he get it wrong? No, I don't think so. It was just, there wasn't time for everything and everybody. So I had to make a choice in that moment. Do I get offended? Or do I go, it's okay, it's fine. I thought about getting offended. <laughs> but I thought, no, actually, it's not about, I don't need to get offended, you know. I know that Jesus loves me. I know the guy leading the meeting loves me. It's fine, you know. It's not like, no, we don't want it. It's just, uh, hey, there's, you know, there's not time for everybody. So, an early lesson there. Don't get, don't get offended. But often we find on a Sunday, I say to people, you want to bring something? Get in early. Because <laughs> they don't find that, don't we? Yeah. End, of, end of worship, there's like thousands of people waiting to share something. Beginning of worship, I'm like, come on, come on. So, little little tip there get, get in early it is right that we desire spiritual gifts the bible tells us to eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially prophecy but more than that we should desire the giver amen so let's just have a look briefly at some of these contributions what they might look like in our worship time and bear in mind what we talk about during worship <laughs> Actually, the gift that God gives is, is for life, not just two hours on a Sunday. So, actually, some of the lessons that we learn in a church meeting, actually we can take into other contexts and use in a similar way. We might change our language. We might, we might not put it in quite the same way. We're talking to a friend at work or uh, somebody on the street. But it's the same gift in operation. It's the same gift at work. So... I'm sure you noticed in 1 Corinthians 14 that Paul says, when you come together then, each one of you has a, and our list of things. So you notice that each one of you, everybody, this is not just about the leaders or those that have been Christians for a long time or those that particularly experienced this. And then he says, no, no, each one of you has. Each one of you has. Now, like we're saying, you might not practically be able to get everybody in certainly in a bigger meeting maybe in a small group you could actually um, but maybe you should have the ex- expectation that it could be you even if it doesn't turn out to be you that particular time so lots of things that, that Paul lists here, hymns and songs and yeah again not just from the band actually it should, you know, we should have this type of worship where 
you know what, I could just start a song. And uh, you know, the congregation pick it up. I think sometimes we sort of fret about what if it's in the wrong key, what if it's too high or too low. Just start again. It's okay. No one dies. It's okay, you know. So yeah, hymns and songs we can have there. A word of instruction or a lesson, verse 26, like a testimony. It's great to have that testimony that Andy read out earlier, wasn't it? That, you know, God did this in my life. How encouraging is that? I think probably we need to get better at sharing testimonies. Maybe testimonies of healing. Maybe a testimony of, I stepped out and prayed for my friends at work this week, or my neighbour. And sometimes we only share the testimonies of God's broken through. Well, that's great. But let's share testimonies of courage as well. Oh, I stepped out and prayed, or had this opportunity, and, and, and God did something. Even if you haven't quite seen the whole result yet. Then he keeps going, a revelation. And um, it talks about tongues and interpretations. We don't have time particularly to get onto that. What we want to focus on today is talking about revelation or, or prophecy. A prophetic word about God's character. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4. Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening encouragement and comfort he who prophesies edifies or builds up the church so prophecy is God speaking to us God giving us a fresh revelation of who he is a fresh revelation of biblical truth and let's just be clear I think Andy may have mentioned it in his session this morning prophecy cannot and will not and does not contradict what God has already said. This book is your first test. Does it line up with what God said already? If it doesn't, probably the cheese from last night. I think was the the phrase he used. So what does prophecy do then? Well, more than to bring direction or to correct, the primary thing that prophecy is meant to do is to encourage. To encourage. Spiritual gifts are designed to build up, to edify, to encourage. Paul says that they're given for the common good, the building up of the the church family. Chris Vollerton, in his book, School of the Prophets, says that prophecy is is for edification, exhortation, and consolation i.e. to build up, he goes on, to build up, to call near, and to cheer up. It's a good gift, isn't it? It's a good gift. He goes on, the goal of the gift, the prophetic gift, is to bring out the best in people. We are to mine the gold buried in the dirt of people's lives and find hidden treasures. It's good, isn't it? We are to mine the gold buried in the dirt of people's lives and find hidden treasures. So it's important that we understand that this is not the same as Old Testament prophetic ministry. Okay, let's just be clear, this is different here. The primary role of the Old Testament prophet was to pronounce judgment on sin and call people to repentance. And if the Old Testament prophet got it wrong, 
What happened to them? They were stunned. So it's like you only get it wrong once. You see, thank you. They, they were speaking the very words of God. They were speaking. They were calling people to repentance, pronouncing judgment on sin. Different role. New Testament prophetic ministry is different. What are we meant to be doing? Meant to be encouraging, building up, edifying, cheering up, calling near. Old Testament prophetic ministry is just for a few people. New Testament prophetic ministry, well, Paul encourages all believers to prophesy. So if you know and love Jesus, this is for you. So all of us are included in it. He tells the Corinthians, doesn't he, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Well, why would we be encouraged to eagerly desire something that God doesn't want to give? God does want to give it. That's why we're told to eagerly desire on it. Desire it. And it has such a positive impact, doesn't it, on people's lives. Because it builds up the church. Like I think we said earlier, it's a gift. It's not a reward or an award. It's not a badge of good character. It's not given to those people that have reached a certain stage in their Christian lives. This is for everybody. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is for everybody. And it's a gift, okay? It's a gift from God. So, how does it work practically? Let's just talk, how does it work practically for a moment? It might be sung or it might be spoken. Now, I love sung prophetic words. There's just something about them, isn't it? And you can either bring it in first person or third person. So, say you felt that God was speaking to you. Uh, I don't know, let's, let's pick a subject. So, you might feel that God is speaking to you about his love, for example. And so, you might bring it in a way that is like this. You might say, oh, I feel that God wants to remind us of his love. I feel that God wants to remind us of his goodness his love for us, his nearness to us. I feel that God wants to, uh, to call us back to those things that, that we did at first, that we might experience more of his love. You might bring it like that. Or you might bring it in the first person. You might bring it like, like this. You might say, I feel God would say this to us. I want to remind you of my love for you. God would say, I want to remind you that I've called you, that you're chosen that I'm kind and I'm good. I've got a purpose for you. I want to remind you that I'm calling you back to those things you did at first that you might experience more of my love. Do you see the difference? It's the same word, you just shared it in, in different ways there. But do you notice that you can just bring it using a normal voice? You don't need a special, out-of-the-pocket, prophetic voice. You don't need to go into something like, I feel the Lord would say, thus saith the Lord. You don't need to do that. I know people who do. I'm like, why do you do that? You don't normally speak like that. If you normally speak like that, then that's fine. Well, it's sort of fine. We can help you with it, perhaps. Um, But just use your normal voice. 
Don't be weird. <laughs> Just be normal. Don't go into some weird voice and bring it with humility. Starting a prophetic word with, I feel like the Lord would say. Just has an edge of humility to it, doesn't it? I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. I think that helps. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says, Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Now, if you read the commentaries, there's some debate as to who the others are. Is it other prophets? Is it the leaders? Is it others in the church? <coughs> other members of the congregation? I think the answer to all that is yes. It's all of the above. It's just everybody else. We don't exactly be able to tie it down. I don't think we need to. Because the encouragement is that when you hear something prophetic, you should weigh it. That applies to to all of us. Weighing or considering prophetic words is important. It might mean that you discuss it. You might talk it out. I'm often in, in meetings and someone might bring a prophetic word and we might have a number of prophetic words about a particular subject or theme that God's speaking to us about as a team. We might go, hey, let's have a prophetic conversation. So to, to weigh something, to, to get a sense of what God is saying, you don't have to stand there with your eyes closed and your hands open. You can just sit on a chair and look one another in the face and say, let's just talk this out. What did you feel God was saying when you spoke like that? What do you, what do you feel he might be saying to us? You can talk it out like that. Why? Because it's normal. You don't have to get weird about it. Um, weighing is important. and it's, Weighing is, 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 it, is it right? It's what God's saying. Does it line up with scripture? But it's also feeling the weight of the word. You know, sometimes there's just a weight to it. It's like, Oh, wow, God's really saying that. Really get a sense of what the Lord is doing. Sometimes there might be prophetic words for individual people. It might be you feel God wants to speak uh, to somebody about a particular situation. Maybe you're not sure who it is. Or maybe you feel that God has given you for some, something for a particular individual. You know who it is. Sometimes it's good to bring those things publicly. Sometimes it's good to bring them privately. You just need to, to weigh what's the best way of helping somebody receive that. But for the sake of accountability, if you're going to bring something privately, then take somebody else along so they, somebody else gets to hear it. So um, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the guys just a bit earlier uh, said to, to me and Sarah, I'd love to pray with you guys. I've got something for you. I thought, that's great. No, love receiving prophetic words. I said, let's bring somebody else along. Just so somebody else hears it. A sense of accountability there in, in team and relationship together. If you've got something that you feel is directional or, or even judgmental, then don't bring it publicly. Rather share it with your, your elders or your, your leaders or whatever um, church context you might be in, your, your vicar, minister, pastor, whatever label you might use in, in your world. But share it with them so they can get a sense of is God saying something here or not and work out the best way to bring it. We're going to provide a safe place for people to hear from God, don't we? That's what, that's what we're doing.
So a basic rule of thumb is this. No hatches, matches or dispatches. No mates or dates. Okay? So don't prophesy marriage or death or dates. It's just not... Remember, we want to be encouraging people. Build people up. <laughs> be a happy prophet. A friend of mine like, like, talks about being a, a happy prophet. Old Testament prophets, a lot of the time, weren't happy people to hang about with, were they? New Testament prophetic people, we should be a happy bunch of people, shouldn't we? So let's be prophesying like that. Listen, not every person who prophesies is a prophet. There is an office of prophet, it seems, in Scripture. There's different levels of the prophetic gift. So uh, a friend of mine, uh, a guy called Julian Adams in South Africa, he's very insightful, very revelatory, directional. Now, you, he'll prophesy something. If he's, you know, you, people say, he's reading my mail. Or he's reading my email. You say these days, <laughs> <isn't you? laughs> um, but most of us don't prophesy like that. Most, most of us don't prophesy on that level. We see in part and we prophesy in part. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. <coughs> As through a glass darkly. as an older version of the scriptures puts it. So the picture of a mirror in the New Testament times is not like it's a mirror of our day where you get this you know, great image back, or not quite so great image back, but like that. Um, but you get a really good reflection, don't you? Mirrors in New Testament times are not like that at all. It's quite dark, quite a misty picture. A New Testament prophecy can be like that sometimes. I'm not quite seeing the whole thing. That's okay. Actually, sometimes it takes more than one of us to see the whole thing. Notice that sometimes it takes more than one person, actually, to get a sense of what, what God is saying. Sometimes people say to me, Grant, but what if I get it wrong? What if, you know, what if it's not right? Well, you know what? We all get it wrong sometimes, actually. That's why we're told to weigh prophecy. Sometimes I've heard it say... And there's like, there's a bin at the door. If it doesn't fit, doesn't sit, well, it doesn't work, you know, you wait, that's not for me, just leave it in the bin on the way out. So you do need to weigh things. That's right. And and if you you think, I'm not sure if that sits right, I'm not quite sure if God's saying that, talk to somebody else about it. Talk to somebody you know and trust and love and go, well, this person said this, but what do do you think? Do you feel God might be saying that? I'm, I'm not quite so sure. Talk it out. It's not the sight doesn't matter. It does matter. Bringing a prophetic word is a serious thing, isn't it? But listen, it's not like Old Testament times when the prophet got stoned if they got it wrong. Okay? And even if you reject the prophetic word, don't reject the person. Just because they got it wrong, or more likely didn't get it all right, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It means they're learning to hear from God just like you are. I found that more often it's not that the prophetic word is dreadfully wrong, it's just that it's got added to along the way. You see, we see it in part, don't we? And we prophesy in part. So don't feel you have to add to it. Don't feel you have to elaborate on it. Just bring what God's spoken and then stop. 
If that's only a little thing, then that's okay. Don't feel you've got to try and lengthen it. The Bible does give us some warnings about how we receive prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold to what is good. Another version says, Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. So let's make, we, let's make sure we weigh, we honour, and we receive the prophetic. So, in a moment, Paul and, and Nancy are going to lead us through in some exercises to help us hear from God. But before we do that, let me just give some comments as to how you hear from God. So different people hear different ways. And that's fine, because God has made us all different. So for some people, it's like an impression in their mind. It's like, a, you know, it's, like, it's like they're seeing a picture in their mind. That's how some people hear from God. They may see a picture, they may see a word, they may get a, a sense of God saying something. Sometimes people describe it as like, oh, well, I saw a word written over the, the person's forehead. And um, I, I had that once, and they said that to me. And I said, I looked at me and said, I, I, I saw this word written over you. And... Um, Sometimes people see it like that. Others see a picture come to mind. Other people see something in the room and it triggers a thought. Or maybe they see something on the individual and that triggers a process of God speaking. See, God can speak to us in all sorts of different ways. Often people are prompted by a Bible verse coming to mind. And that triggers God speaking about a particular thing. For me... It's often a very quick, fleeting thought. And it doesn't hang around for long. It's like it comes and it goes. And if I don't grab it as it's like going <coughs> through my mind, it's gone and I've missed the moment. I've learnt that actually I need to grab hold quickly of what I think God might be saying and go, oh, okay, maybe it's that. Maybe let's just pray into that for a moment and see what God might be saying. So I've learnt that I've got to react quite quickly. If I don't, I tend to, tend to miss the moment. You need to learn how God speaks to you. And it'll be different for every single one of you. Because he's wired us differently. He's made us different. Um, and that's okay. That's good. So actually how your friend hears God is not going to be the same as how you hear God. But if you just need to work out for you how it is for you how does God speak to you? So, we thought, rather than listen to me ramble on for an hour and a quarter, whatever it might be, wouldn't it be much better to be hearing from God directly? At this point, you can say, no, Brian, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> but seeing as you didn't say that, or you didn't say it quick enough, <laughs> I think what would be good is... Um, is to, to have some exercises to help us hear from God. And, and let, me just, let me just comment on this. I remember hearing somebody speak about these sort of things that we're going we're to do in a moment, that Paul's going to lead us through on. And this was somebody who you would know has a highly developed, highly experienced and gifted prophetic ministry. And yet still he was somebody who'd hang out with some friends and go, right, let's practice hearing God together. 
I thought, wow, I'm learning something from that. It's not you get to a certain level and go, well, I've got it now. Mm. Now, even for him, he was saying, I still want to practice hearing from God. Because all of us can expand the way we hear from God and learn to step out into more of the prophetic. So at whatever stage you are, whether you've never brought prophetic word over anybody, or whether this is something that happens regularly for you, we can all grow. But I'm presuming that, seeing as you are in the introduction to the prophetic seminar, that you're probably at the earlier stages of this, to one degree or another. But listen, wherever you are at in your journey, I think you can still learn some more. I think God has more for you, even this afternoon. So, over to you, my friend. Hello. Hello. So, yes, my name's Paul, um, my wife Natalie, and as Graham said, we run, we run a life group, and uh, we started something probably this time last year, and we call it Ignite, where we get people in and we do some of these exercises that we're going to have a go at. So, um, first of all, just to comment on what Graham was saying, I'm so glad that I'm not in Old Testament times because <laughs> I would definitely have been stoned by now. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. you do get it wrong, and part of if you're wanting to go on a prophetic journey and hearing from God, part of that is you will get it wrong, and you do need to sometimes just so that you learn what, what it feels like when it's right, what it feels like when it's wrong. So uh, don't worry about getting it wrong. Um, and I was going to say something else, but I don't know what it was. So um, <coughs> we're going to do some exercises. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to get into pairs. I'm from the north, so I, I say pairs. So <laughs> I'm going to translate it. We're getting to groups of two oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, to do these. Now, it is entirely up to you whether you go, if you're, if you're a couple, whether you stay with your partner or whether you get with somebody you don't know. Um, there's, there's, you may feel more comfortable with your partner, but then you also may feel that you know them too well and that then you might just be prophesying what you feel they should be doing. <laughs> so... So there is a tendency to, to hear um, or to throw in some stuff that we think, if we know that person really well or we know stuff about their lives, we can throw in the stuff that we know and the stuff that maybe we think, well, this person should really be doing this. I'm going to prophesy it. Um, whereas doing these exercises, if you don't know the person, it can be that, well, I don't know you anyway, so what I'm saying is, is either wrong or it's from God. So, yeah. But then it's up to you. You may feel more comfortable with, with your partner. Uh, entirely up to you. Can I make um, a comment on that? Go. Yes, let's stay there. We did this at the uh, Prophetic Academy that we, we run, and I think you and I were paired together, weren't we? Because yeah. everyone else has got in the pairs, and it's the two of us left. And uh, we're doing this exercise. I can't remember which one it was, but we, we, you may, may remember. And um, I, I, I felt God speak, and it seemed so bonkers, so crazy. I thought, that can't be God. It cannot be that. And so I started praying and praying and praying. And eventually came up with something else. Which I shared with Paul. He's like, no, that makes sense. <laughs> and uh, then I went, oh, well, how about this first thing that had come to mind really quickly? And Paul's like, oh, yeah, no, it is that. Mm. Like, oh. 
but I didn't have the courage to go with it because it just seemed so like, really? Is, is that right? And so I just want to add, yeah. I think sometimes you, you hear from it, no, surely not. <coughs> Maybe so. So um, that was fun, that one, wasn't it? We almost encourage people to go for the first thing that drops into their head because oftentimes if we think, no, nah, that can't be right, then we'll start trying to think of something yeah. and come up with something ourselves that sounds more plausible to us. Um, so we do, when we're doing these, we do almost encourage people, that first yeah. thing that drops in your head, go with it. Um, the one we were doing was the bedroom prophecy, which... Yes. <laughs> Always interest people. <laughs> do you want to explain that? Or are you going to come back? No, I'll just go. I'll just leave it. <laughs> we do. We do one exercise where we, we ask God for a um, object in another person's bedroom. Definitely, couples can't do that one together because hopefully they're in each other's bedroom because it's their bedroom. Um, so you've got to find somebody whose bedroom you've not been in uh, if we're doing that one. But yeah, that was the one we were doing. <laughs> So the other one that we might do today is blindfolds. So I like to throw those in because people are like, oh, you're talking about bedrooms and blindfolds. So just, uh, but yeah, we might do some blindfold prophecy in a little bit. But first one we're going to do is, um, so we're going to get into groups of two pairs and um, we're going to ask God for a season. So you say, God, what, what season do you think this person is? So what we do, the reason we do that is that it limits the uh, choice so you're not spending the time trying to come up with this elaborate picture or great <laughs> image or great whatever it is because you think yeah this is going to really impress that person we limit the choice um to to four things in this case it's seasons um, but that in no way limits what god wants to say about that season to that person and that's what we want to focus on we don't want you focusing on well god i need an amazing picture for this person we want to what God what do you actually want to say to them so it's not that we are limiting God or we're trying to put him in a box and um, we're just limiting the choices and then what does God want to say through that so we're going to do we're going to do that one first and then we'll see how that goes cool. so if people want to get into move around partners you can move the chairs, that's fine. There's a lady that's in children that I'm sure. You three, three is not a two. Right? <laughs> so, everybody in two groups of two? I'm an odd one up the front, so I don't mind going with somebody if, if there's odd. Right, so... We're going to spend just literally a minute asking God for a season. So that is autumn, winter, summer or spring. So if we've got four seasons to choose from. Um, 
uh, somebody helpfully asked. I didn't, I didn't explain. So it's not a season that somebody's going through as in like you're going through a season of difficulty or season of joy or a season of... It's literally the four seasons that we experience. So you choose one of those and then you ask God, what does he want to say to that person about that season? So everybody on board with that? Yeah? Yeah. Right. So it should, literally should be three, four minutes tops. And then you can show once you, yeah, once you've got stuff, then you take it in turn sharing it. Yeah. How did how did we find that quickly? Really good. good. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. So, and um, what I didn't say, but what you've what you've been doing is is obviously hearing the word, delivering it to the person that you're with, and then I presume giving each other mm. that bit of feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know one thing that we again encourage with these is you get the instant feedback, which sometimes you never get. You might give a word to someone, and they might just walk off and go, "Okay, thanks, friend." <laughs> <laughs> like, you literally. Like, well, that must have been bad, but you, they could be walking off with the weight of it and feeling like, oh, so you just sometimes, and you may never see that person again, so sometimes you just never know whether it was any good, whether it was rubbish, whether it was, whether it impacted or not. So, with, with, again, with these exercises, you get the instant feedback of, hmm, yeah, that was nice, I'm just going to, or I know I've seen people with tissues out and stuff already, so I believe that God is he's already speaking to people and, and that's you know what we expect and that's our experience when we've done these before um, also to say if you don't get anything don't worry just maybe that God doesn't speak to you in that way um, in the way that we're doing here we are trying to whilst we're not trying to manufacture what God's saying God is speaking we believe that but we are trying to put it in in kind of a you know manufactured space of, of having a go and practicing so um, that's not always the context obviously that we'll be in <coughs> in church life or in small groups or out on the street um, you won't be like right let's just do this and see what God says so we are we are doing things a little bit differently so again if you're not hearing anything don't don't worry um, so I'm thinking generally the feedback was good and people enjoyed it so we're going to have another go at another one is that okay mm-hmm. yeah right so um, we're going to expand the choices a little bit so it's seasons you've just got four seasons um, so we're going to give you a bit more choice this time and I think we're going to do uh, colours okay so exactly the same as we've done just now but instead of asking God for a season you're asking God for a colour and what does he want to say through that colour to that person okay so there's lots a bit more scope here to go with to go with something but again um, you know, I believe generally when we do this, God will be dropping colours into people's heads already um, before we even start. So exactly the same again, but just instead of seasons, colours. So just quick gauge of who's done anything like that before. So just a few of you. 
So something new. This is something that you can take back with you to your small groups or to your church, and you can and you can practice this kind of stuff. This is just a way of practicing. Um, so hopefully it's been encouraging to you. The last thing we'd want it to be is discouraging. Um, so hopefully it's been an encouragement to you that God does speak to you and you can hear from God. Um, so maybe we do got a bit of time. Who's feeling particularly brave? <laughs> so brave in context. <laughs> Just generally brave, specifically brave. So one one of the things we like to do is blindfold prophecy. So we have a pug sleeping mask. It's a beautiful piece of kit. Um, and so what we do is we put this on somebody because oftentimes we can uh, prophesy out of what we see so if we see that we're praying over uh, a guy or a lady we might pick up on, on things if we prophesy over um, someone that's kind of slumped down then we might pick up that they're feeling bad or, or stuff so a lot of what we see comes into how we prophesy so with the blindfold on the idea is that we pick a random person to stand behind you and then you just prophesy over that person without knowing whether it's uh, a lady or a man or without knowing whether they're old or young um, oftentimes we can pick up on what people are wearing and that's great um, Graham said it you know it's one of the ways that God speaks um, my wife Natalie's had breakthrough with a lady um, because of the top that she was wearing God spoke to to Natalie through that and, and she was able to bring a word not in a a non-Christian lady, so not in the context of I feel God saying, but you know, just just from what she was wearing, so, and that's great. We love that. That's one of the ways God speaks. But um, sometimes we like to just push the boat out and put a blindfold on someone. So that's the context I'm talking about. Who's who's brave enough to have a blindfold on and prophesy over somebody that they can't see, and who doesn't know who's behind them? If not, I'll just pick Natalie and she'll do it. <laughs> What if you don't get anything? What if you don't get anything? Um, if you don't get anything, then that's fine. That's fine. We, we you know, we celebrate people be, no? having a go. <laughs> so, but if nobody wants to do it, that's, it that's go, also great. I'll, I'll give it a go. But yeah. I mean, I don't think I'll get anything. But I shouldn't be saying that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> anybody else? <laughs> 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 go. Yeah, well, <laughs> right, so put that on. Okay, take the glasses off. Take the glasses off, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And we're going to get somebody to come and stand behind you. When I when I click my fingers, yep. then somebody stood behind you and then you can start prophesying. You wish. <laughs> God will give you something. Somebody's behind me now, yeah? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're about done though, Graham, are we? Want to do some feedback or? Yeah, Has anybody got a particular um, something that spoke to them in an amazing way that somebody shared this afternoon? Want to put your feedback or any questions? Yeah, we've got about five minutes or so, I think, so. Can give some space and, yeah. Just wondering if you have any sort of guidance and tips and stuff, like if we were to sort of bring this sort of concept back to our own churches in like as a small group. Mm. 
yeah. are there any things you'd be like, oh, no, be careful of that, or be careful, you know, that, that's kind of... I think um, what me and Natalie try to do with, with Ignite is create a safe place for people to do just this and just have a go. And um, that's really our heart behind it, is that um, everybody does hear from God. Um, maybe they don't know how God speaks to them, or maybe they're just not um, confident enough to have a go in maybe a pro meeting or maybe a church setting. So we just want to give people a safe place to have a go. Um, and if you're doing that, then people will maybe say stuff that's sometimes you know not great or needs a bit of just like, well, let's have a look at it. So it is encouraging people to have that go, but also encouraging the receiver of, of the word is to say, you know, we're all here, we're all practicing. Um, and if something is a bit off, and just a, as Graham said, in any context, you've got to weigh it, and you, you feel free to chuck it in the bin on the way out. So um, we don't want to necessarily stop people from from having a go. You know, we do counsel against the um, you know prophesying into relationships and marriages and that kind of thing because sometimes that can bring you know confusion on the person that's receiving it. And you know, we've had experience with that already. Um, and it's just something that again you've got to work through but um, yeah as long as you know you've got the bible as the ultimate uh, reference book to say whether it lines up with scripture or not and then it's down to the person that's receiving it to go away and, and weigh it as whether they receive it or not so I'm not saying anything it's totally off limit and you know nothing's off limits but it is a context of practicing and having a go so I think there's got to be a bit of leeway in that I think in any church context I think if you feel you've got a heart to give it a go in a small group or some sort of gathering I think my encouragement would <coughs> talk to your leaders about it so mm-hmm. that it's something the church embraces it isn't yeah. just the seen as the, the wacky few yeah, on the yeah. side mm-hmm. actually you know get the blessing of your yeah. your leaders and so that is it something you can develop in the church and growing and you know step out mm-hmm. in you know and then you've got them Praying for you, covering it. It's not seen as the wacky few who meet on a Thursday night, and you know it's just like let them get on with it. But actually, it's something that is growing in the church as a whole. So I'd encourage you to have those conversations. But like you're saying, you know, to go for it. And that's a, that sort of thing obviously, yeah, definitely. If, you, if, you, if it's something you know, we we went to the eldership to say we want to start doing this, and we worked through it, and, and we said, yeah, we'll start doing it. So then you have got that. Um, said that covering and you've got that people to go back to if, if you do hit some some issues I guess you've got somebody to go back to yeah. rather than just saying oh I've done this and now this has happened and I don't know what to do with it so, <laughs> um, but in in a, in a small group you know in a life group context small group context you know we've done it in our life group before we start worship we'll do an activation sometimes and then that gets people into the hearing from God and then we'll do in, go into a time of worship and you know, God will speak to you in that time of worship. So, and um, just do a one-off like that. It's not an issue. Any other questions, Freeman? I've had a message on my heart since autumn. You know, to give to the church, and I think it's a bit like uh, what Andy Robinson said today. You're looking, you know, for the lady who went to church and look for every reason not to give it. Well, I've done that because I'm not really used to going down and, and giving it. And uh, when we pray for each other. Freddie just prophesied it. So I, I, I will give it to the church. Very good. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, tomorrow that's okay. It's great. Mm-hmm.
I think, yeah, and that's great, John. You know, John John's in our life group, he's done a night with us, so we're on that journey with John. And um, all I just say to John is if anybody's got something and you're not sure how to bring it or where it fits, he's, he's write it down and submit it to the leaders um, as well. And then, you know, it's kind of over to them. I'm always right, having so. thing about whether it fits into the service, mm -hmm. whether I'm going to, I think it's, it's what Graham said earlier, I'm going to walk down in front of everybody and then I'm going to be told not today. I'm going to do that. Walking back today. But actually, pick up on that because I think we did a session at our academy recently. A Ginny did a session, didn't she? No, it was Joe did a session. Oh yeah. Our academy recently, uh, where she was talking about how sometimes a word builds over a period of time. So what we've done today is hear from God, bring it straight away. So you've got a, a, a few moments minutes maybe to, to ponder it and pray about it. Joe did a session with our academy uh, earlier in the year about how sometimes God speaks over a period of time. So it isn't just a one-off word in a moment but actually God speaks over a period of time and the word builds. So actually yeah, it might just, particularly for a church, it might not be just a one-off thing in a meeting actually it's a bigger thing than that, God speaking about something. You might not all get it down all in one go. It might be that God is speaking to you over a season about something and you're making notes on it and refining it. And uh, When uh, Ginny will often bring some stuff to us as a, an apostolic team and it'll be like, it's been a season of God speaking to her before she delivers it. So it's not just a oh, one-off prayer meeting. It's been actually, you know, over a period of time, it's built, God's spoken, she's heard, she's refined and then comes the more sort of, you know... <coughs> You find words sometimes you'll speak like that. I think we're out of time by my watch. Um, so thank you very much for being in this thank seminar. You. I hope you've enjoyed it and found it helpful. Um, we've got a break now until three o'clock, so there are some cold drinks available. Please be mindful of other seminars that maybe not so obedient to their time <laughs> let's pray as we, as we finish Father we, we thank you for your goodness to us we thank you for your presence thank you that we've heard from you today and for each of us Lord we pray that we would grow in our prophetic journey with you that you would speak to us more and more and you'd help us to uh, deliver your words to those around us that they might be encouraging and building up and advancing of your kingdom we ask it in Jesus name